U.S. Undersecretary of State Keith Krak arrived in Taiwan on Thursday for a three-day official visit. In a statement on Wednesday, Washington said the purpose of his visit was to attend a memorial service for former President Li Denghui. Krak is also to join a banquet hosted by President Tsai Ing-wen. What he won't be doing is leading the first round of the U.S.-Taiwan Economic and Commercial Dialogue, as was widely reported by local media. Taiwan officials said that the details of that dialogue were still under discussion. The U.S. Undersecretary disembarks to greet Taiwan's Deputy Foreign Minister Harry Tsang and AIT Director Brent Christensen. Kroc was then escorted indoors to take a COVID test. Prior to his landing in Taiwan, the KMT staged a protest outside the airport, with signs saying, Yes to the U.S., no to racto pork. They demonstrated against the lifting of an import ban on U.S. pork containing ractopamine. It was a major stage for their appeal. Kroc is the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit Taiwan since the termination of ties 41 years ago. Kroc is scheduled to sit down with Foreign Minister Joseph Wu on Friday. Later in the day, he'll meet with Vice Premier Shen Rongjing and other officials to discuss economic and trade issues. In the evening, the U.S. delegation will attend a banquet hosted by President Tsai. On Saturday morning, Kroc will attend a memorial service for former President Lee. He'll return to the U.S. Saturday afternoon, just 72 hours after his arrival. Kroc's schedule does not include the first round of the U.S.-Taiwan Economic and Commercial Dialogue. According to a local news report, the U.S. had called off the dialogue when details on Kroc's visit were leaked to Taiwan media. There are many levels involved. Taiwan and the U.S. are still in talks at every level to make the necessary preparations for the upcoming dialogues. The presidential office said that details of the dialogue were still under negotiation. It expressed hope that Kroc's visit would allow the two sides to share ideas face-to-face, which could be conducive for the smooth unfolding of future high-level trade talks. A Taiwan diplomat in the U.S., Vincent Chow, denied that the dialogue had been scheduled and then canceled. On social media, Chow wrote that he was one of the people communicating with the U.S. over the talks. He said that when it came to the U.S.-Taiwan economic and commercial dialogue, there was much preparatory work left to be done. Health Minister Chen Shizong and Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang Sansan visited pork vendors at a Taipei market on Thursday. They inspected the implementation of a new country-of-origin labelling scheme for pork. As both are tipped as prospects for the next Taipei mayor, their interactions during the inspection came under media scrutiny. Under police protection, Chen arrived at Yonglin Market. Deputy Taipei Mayor Huang was meant to receive him, but she could hardly be made out in the crowd. Huang finally emerged from the crowd after she was introduced, and Chen quickly turned to give her a greeting. The two then walked through the market together to inspect the implementation of country of origin labeling on pork products. How do we make it convenient for everyone so it's simple for the city government to manage? We'll build up a great back end. We'll keep working until it's a success. We hope that in regards to the origin of meat, the central government can create a comprehensive traceability system. That way we can trace it, even locally. Huang seemed to have come prepared. When speaking before the minister, she freely offered policy suggestions. In an interview prior to the event, she didn't hold back her criticism. We aren't clear about the process behind the central government's policies. I didn't know about the labeling method until today. 
I think local governments should be informed as soon as possible so they're able to cooperate. I think in the future we'll sit down with local governments and discuss how to piece the system together, from top to bottom, from local to central. This way we can better ensure food safety. The two appeared to sidestep a joint interview as if to avoid awkwardness. Recently, Huang remarked that Chen's pork policy was like the moon, different on the first and 15th day of the lunar calendar. Both are tipped as candidates for Taipei's 2020 mayoral election. We need to solve the immediate problems, the problems faced by the country, the government, and the people, not personal problems. I don't think people should read too much into things. Oh, that's not the case. I think Deputy Mayor Huang has done a good job too. She's always been very courteous. It will hurt us. It will hurt our children. It will hurt our parents' health. Oppose the import of pork with ractopamine. KMT councillor Luo Zhichang was also at the event. Luo, who's expressed interest in Taipei's mayoral seat, staged a protest against U.S. pork outside the market. Well ahead of the 2022 mayoral election, some bids may be getting a head start on their campaign. A traditional ice cream stall beneath an underpass in Elan County has shot to fame for a very refined distinction. The store's owner is a trained musician and practices his violin at the stall every day, paying no heed to the roar of cars all around. Li Qifeng began the stall after retiring from his teaching career and his musical skills delighted customers over the long, hot summer. The Elan Lodong Interchange. The soothing notes of a violin ring out over the roar of traffic. The ice seller in the bamboo trilby and yellow t-shirt is serenading the road. His violin replaces the traditional ice cream stand's megaphone and pulls in clientele. Since retiring as head of Guangxing Elementary, Lee rented this land from a friend and learned from his in-laws how to run a traditional Taiwanese ice cream stall. I studied music, and here I sell ice cream. When I have a spare moment, I can practice the violin, and the lovely music keeps me happy as well as entertaining those around. The music might seem at odds with the street sounds, but Lee says he gets so into the playing he forgets everything else. He also teaches violin in the evenings and runs his stall in the day. He tries to keep his repertoire varied, but he always plays a canon before opening the stall. And he plays Ina Klein and Nacht's music just before he shuts up shop. He doesn't add any chemical additives because he was a school principal, so his standards are such that he can't sell people something unethical. So I feel comfortable eating his ice cream. As the seasons change, the weather is cooling down again. Lee says the stall will close at the end of September. If you want to catch the serenading ice cream man at work, you'll have to be quick. Taiwan announced three more imported COVID-19 cases on Thursday. They were arrivals from Myanmar, the UK and the Philippines. That makes 503 cases since the start of the outbreak. Also on Thursday, health authorities said they've identified 162 contacts of six Filipino workers diagnosed with COVID after leaving Taiwan. Testing is underway on these contacts, but so far the tests have come back negative. Let's hear from Dr. Lee of the Central Epidemic Command Center. We have to get an understanding of what kinds of tests were administered in the Philippines. Taiwan has no community outbreaks at all, so there can't have been any infections exported from Taiwan involving many infected people going to other countries. 
so everyone can rest easy. Despite Dr. Lee's confidence these six Philippine nationals were not infected in Taiwan, the CECC said contact tracing efforts would continue just as if the six were domestic cases. Each year, the Junior Chamber International Taiwan recognizes young citizens under 40 for outstanding professional success and contributions to society. This year's results came out Thursday, with 12 making the list. The results are out for the 58th 10 Outstanding Young Persons Award. Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun, who chaired the judging panel, draped a sash of honor on each award recipient. Although you were all born into different backgrounds, you have all worked toward the common goal of creating more development opportunities for Taiwan. I hope all of you will continue to shine in your respective professional fields. They were chosen after six months of deliberation, from preliminary review to a vote on finalists. The judges considered candidates from 11 fields, including science and technology, medical research, and arts and culture. Twelve young citizens made the cut. They include singer-songwriter Crowd Lu, who has won multiple Gold Melody Awards throughout a storied career. Lu didn't make Thursday's ceremony, and his father stood in instead. He secretly told me to inform you all. He will continue to make works that add positivity to society. I remember the day Janet got Taiwanese citizenship. She was extremely happy and I also felt very proud. Whatever special achievements she has had in Taiwan, we have to thank Taiwan for them for giving her opportunities. Unable to attend due to work commitments, entertainer Janet Xie also sent her father as proxy. She won a special award for young persons of Taiwanese heritage, which her father received for her, beaming with pride. Meanwhile, Prince of Pommelhorst Li Zhikai won an award in the sports category. Wearing a smart suit, he was there on Thursday to collect the award. I want to use all my power to tell everyone that no matter the difficulty and no matter the setback, don't be quick to give up. There was violinist Benny Tsung, a rising star on the global stage. There was also Vivi Lin, who shot to fame overnight after penning an open letter in Chinese and English, demanding an apology from the Director General of the World Health Organization. Lin is founder of The Little Red Hood, an awareness campaign on period poverty which affects women and girls who don't have access to safe menstrual products. These outstanding honorees shared their thoughts at Thursday's event. Even if we are really, really young, even if our voices are very small, so long as we stand together, so long as we're willing to not live in silence, then our voice will have a chance, a chance to be seen and to be heard by this society, by this world. I'm fortunate to have found something that I liked very much when I was young, and that is the violin. I feel that the most important thing is, once you've found something you like, you have to keep working hard and to devote time to it. Even at a young age, they've made extraordinary contributions that are a credit to their professional fields and to Taiwan. As widely expected, the central bank decided Thursday to leave interest rates unchanged amid the pandemic. The discount rate will remain at 1.125%. Amid the steady rise of the Taiwan dollar, the central bank was also expected to announce restrictions to U.S. dollar trading on the forex. But the central bank governor stopped short of announcing a hard limit. He said traders will, however, be encouraged to limit sales to five transactions of one million U.S. dollars each. The central bank governor said Taiwan's currency appreciation was moderate compared to that of neighboring Japan, Korea and Singapore. A Taiwan company has unveiled a next-generation smart device that takes aim at the post-pandemic stay-at-home market. It's a voice-controlled home assistant that can screen for fevers, 
play movies and even serve as a security guard. Let's see it in action. This AI butler can distinguish between family and friends. If it detects a stranger breaking into your room, it will automatically send a text message to your phone. After this AI butler detects a person entering a room, it will ask the person for a password. If the person can provide the correct password within 10 seconds, an alarm will ring and a text alert will be sent to the registered homeowner. Once you're in the home, you can have the device capture your image and add it, then enter yourself into the system using a mobile app. That way, you'll be recognized as a family member. It will recognize you and use its AI logic to offer services. If there's someone it doesn't recognize, it will notify you through your phone, no matter where you are. This AI butler can also complete a thermal temperature screening in 0.5 seconds using a system developed in collaboration with the National Health Research Institute. We partnered with the National Health Research Institute. You only need to install a small thermal imaging lens. After installing it, you'll have what you see here. Every person in the frame will have a temperature reading. If the temperature is too high, it will send out an alarm. You can ask the device questions, which it will answer using Google's artificial intelligence. You can watch news, check the weather, and control smart home devices. You can also access video streaming services on its 8-inch high-resolution touchscreen. We put a lot of thought into home entertainment. We integrated OTT streaming into the robot, integrating AI services and smart functions from voice commands to facial recognition. It's all integrated. You tell the device, I want to watch cable TV, and it will turn into a TV. If you ask about the weather today, it becomes the Internet. With regard to the voice recognition, we've created a very intelligent recognition system that allows the device to switch functions, going from a TV to a robot. Taking aim at workers in the post-COVID economy, companies like these are looking for innovative ways to cater to the stay-at-home market. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Tingxiang in Taipei. A motorcyclist hailing from southern Taiwan has set a new record for the most circuits of the island on consecutive days. Gao Reihong managed to make one lap of the country every day for 37 days in a row. His achievement was greeted with delight by his fellow bikers. Gao and friends arrived back at base in Fangliao Township, Pingdong, to a hero's welcome. The time scribbled on the board record the moment Gao arrived home after each day's lap around Taiwan. This was lap number 37 in as many days. Mission accomplished. It's about 37,000 kilometers in all, because it's at least 1,000 kilometers a day. Superbiker Gao completed a similar challenge before, then riding round Taiwan 31 times in 31 days. Now he's broken his personal best and set a new record for Taiwan. He's only been sleeping three or four hours a night, but the fabulous views of sun and sea are what sustain him on the road. I just want to see the mountains, see the sea, ride my bike. It's that simple. Every day I make a circuit, the scenery and the waters are different. Many bikers have accompanied him for parts of the challenge, and he took photos to record his achievement. It was a physical and mental test as well as a serious investment in terms of bike maintenance, tires and gas. 
All told, he spent more than 100,000 NT. He even had a close shave in a minor accident. In the rainy season, the road's slippery, and there are lots of rocks and gravel on the road. I hit the mountain wall once on the Suhua Highway. When the road needs fixing, they should redo it off smoothly and not just fill in the potholes here and there. Gao is probably clearer than most on what state Taiwan's roads are in. He hopes this triumph will draw attention to bikers' rights as well as the need for good road maintenance.